What did one sea mammal say to the other sea mammal on Valentine's Day? I don't know. What? Whale, you be my Valentine? Bitch manners. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? Doing okay. Happy to be healthy and safe inside our cozy home. Yes, it's uh, as, <laughs> as the the inches of snow uh, do accumulate. Wait, waiting until mid-February this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of snow. Uh, but here we are. Uh, we're nearing, of course, the universal day of love where everyone is required to love each other by law. <laughs> um, and to express that love whether you want to or not because it, it's... So decreed. We must be spooky on Halloween. We must be cheerful uh, in the winter holidays. We must be loving on Valentine's Day. And we must appreciate trees on Arbor Day. All right. Those are the four big ones. That's it. Those are the only holidays I recognize. That and, of course, my birthday. <laughs> yes. That's a weekly holiday, though. And so uh, for Valentine's Day, I got you this episode. You did. Yeah. You also got me some flowers. Yeah, but that's not as funny as if I just <laughs> gave you. I got you some chocolates, too. Yeah, and my sister and my mom sent BB some very cute Valentine's Day presents. Very punny jokes. That's yes, what BB's into That is now. really what she's into. She loves it. She loves any... her. My favorite, and we'll get to the episode in a second, but right now... Uh, she appreciates punny jokes. One I made up for her, of, uh, where where does the cow go to appreciate art and history? Mm-hmm. The museum. Get it? Right. It's what she says Get right it? after. But then she'll also do jokes like if she's eating, say, a banana, she'll go, hey, I banana you. Get it? Because <laughs> it's a banana. And all you can really say is, yeah. Yeah. yeah I great. totally do. <laughs> yeah. I was really impressed. My mom was able to find some old Valentine's cards, like vintage Barbies. Vintage Barbies, little those little ones that you know they came in a like a perforated sheet, and mm-hmm. you kind of like tore them apart. Uh, Beeves was stoked. Yeah, you appreciated the one that had acid washed jeans on it. I mm-hmm. There was only That's, one of those, which yeah. thinks makes me think that uh, maybe I appreciated that a lot when I actually handed them out to classmates because there's only one left. Absolutely. Now I. I don't know what the kids these days are into. Maybe they're doing virtual Valentines or TikTok Valentines or something. <laughs> but back in my day, we had those. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm, I'm sure I did like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ones. Mm-hmm. I think Rescue Ranger ones mm-hmm. were in there. I just, I liked those because it felt like, you know, there. It, even though it was the set, they were different ones. And you could be like, well, this one's going to David, clearly. Uh you know what? I think I'll give this one to Nikki, and it felt very like oh specific to me. No, you didn't feel. I that never way? really did that. I was always let's take a. I got out the old class directory and went top to bottom, just assigning people cards. You never thought like, oh, Chris will Chris will appreciate this Rescue Rangers bon bon. No, <laughs> no, okay. 
Well, maybe it was just me. And then you'd go around and then people had made like their own little like envelopes to go in the front. We always used tissue boxes. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that by the time I got to school, we were in the like, everyone gets one. There is yes. no like, I'm going to give one to Nikki and not to David. Well, I think the one of the good things about Valentine cards is I think you either have to give out just one to perhaps your S.O., Mm-hmm. Uh, perceived so. <laughs> yeah. If you're in or, middle school. Or SOs. Yes. Or S's O. S's O's. No, no, no. Significance no. other. I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying you either need to give out just one to someone who is quote the most special. Or, or you need to give out one to everyone. Or but I do want to acknowledge that there are people with multiple partners. So the most specials. Sure. Yes. I'm talking more about middle school. I don't know. In middle school, maybe there's people with multiple partners. Like I said, I don't know anything about children. Okay. And I say that having two of them. So what we're, because we've done a couple of Valentine's episodes now at this point, and we're going to get to, we have some questions to do too, but we wanted to uh, kind of throw a spotlight, the reason we're talking about this, specifically on like paper Valentine's, the exchanging of yes, like the cards. Yes. Okay. We're going to say a card of of literary distinction. Mm. Oh, my. So <laughs> the festival of St. Valentine, I would like to give a little bit of background, was probably related to the Roman festival. Sure, sure. From February 13th through the 15th, the Romans would celebrate an ancient fertility festival. So probably a little more Bacchanalian. A little bit. Uh, They would sacrifice goats and Uh then hit women with the goat skin in the hopes that that would make them fertile. Man, they were really just throwing spaghetti at the wall, weren't they? Is this it? Does this work? I don't know. We'll slap the women with goat skin. I don't know. It doesn't not work, I guess. No. Hey, honey, it doesn't not work. (laughs) It does not work. Let's put it that way. I'm no scientist. And I'm definitely not Dr. Sidney McAvoy, but I would hang my entire uh, credibility on the fact that slapping women with goat skin doesn't make them more fertile. Now, maybe if now you find that point, romantic, and maybe if you that fi- doesn't make you more your, fertile, though. If maybe that's your thing, though. Okay, it's fine if it's your thing. I'm not saying that someone wouldn't be into it. I'm saying it does <laughs> not change their physiology. Okay. Anyway. Okay. And Valentine's Day, St. Valentine's Day, was probably part of the great Christian rebrand. Uh-huh. Uh, As we have seen over and over and over again, like uh, Christmas, yes. Halloween, Easter, mm-hmm. all of them. When it was taken by the Catholic Church. Uh-huh. Uh, but the thing is, it seems to be kind of a rush job because uh, no one really knows which St. Valentine the holiday is named for. Okay. There was a, a Valentine of Tyranny martyred. I hope it's not that one. Why? Valentine of Tyranny? No, Tyranny. Oh, okay. Woo! Uh, martyred in uh, 197 uh, BCE. That's so long ago. And Valentine of Rome was martyred in 496 BCE. Mm. And they both shared the same feast day. Oh, boy. Well, so... Who that, knows? <laughs> man, that's got a beef on you, right? When you are, were martyred 300 years before the other one, and you're like, oh, so now he, it's kind of like when I was born three years after Justin, we had the same birthday. 
It's kind of like that, right? right? Yeah. Like, Which one is it for? Yeah, we couldn't have two feast days. Come on, guys. There's 365 days in a year. Come on. <laughs> so, it's probably Valentine for Love, right? Is probably credited to Chaucer. Um, there is a poem, Parliament of Fools. Okay. Which is widely accepted as the first recorded instance of St. Valentine's Day being linked to romanticism. Okay. So I guess it's a little more ancient than Hallmark, is yes, what you're saying. indeed. Okay. Indeed. So in Old English, and I'm going to do the best I can. You can do this. Just don't confuse the thorn. Don't say ye. Don't say ye. Don't do it. Okay, okay. For this was on St. Valentine's Day, when every fowl cometh there to chase his make. Okay. To find birds in love, I guess. Yeah. Right? Just say ring by spring. We get it. Yeah. But not everyone agrees that Chaucer's poem refers directly to February 14th. Some have argued that he's just talking about birds mating in England, uh, which would happen oh, he's being literal. in the warmer weather of May and not the darkness of February. That would make sense because another St. Valentine's Day, the Feast of St. Valentine of Genoa, falls in May. But regardless, Chaucer was kind of writing about the end of winter into spring. And so his story is often cited when people talk about the lovey-doveyness of Valentine's Day. I've never thought about it before, but it does seem like... Valentine's Day would make more sense to me in warmer mm-hmm. weather. Now, admittedly, we're only talking about uh, our hemisphere, which is cold right now. But you would think that if it's like, hey, go out there, you know, make some romance. No, it's cold. Thank you <laughs> very much. I will wait. How about come in here and make some romance? Well, that just assumes that you already have a partner. And, I suppose and that's many, true. many folks, I don't know if you know this, aren't married for forever like oh, we are. Oh, like we are. Yeah. Okay, but let's talk about the cards. Okay. So by the 15th century, France in particular was all over the 14th being a big old love fest. Okay. So there were lavish banquets with singing and dancing held to mark the occasion. And probably the first card specifically came from a a little bit of a less, you know, party atmosphere. It was a, a 15th century Frenchman said to have created the earliest surviving Valentine's greeting, which he said, you up, (laughs) which he wrote to his wife while he was actually imprisoned in the Tower of London. Oh, bummer. So following. As like a prisoner, not just like lost, right? Right, right. Okay. Yeah. He went on a tour, got turned around. It was it was after a battle uh, that he was imprisoned. uh, uh, The Battle of Agnicourt. Okay. That's the one with Henry Henry Fifth. Fifth, yeah, yeah. The Duke of of Orleans wrote to his wife, Je suis désir amour tanné, ma très dulce valentine. I am, Mm -hmm. I am desired my love. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm already sick of love, my very gentle Valentine. Meaning lovesick. Yeah. Feeling, feeling, missing you. My heart, oh, she aches for you. My love, happy Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> will you be my Valentine? Yeah. <laughs> so, soon... dearest love, I write to you from the Tower of London. What did one pickle say to the other <laughs> on Valentine's Day? You mean a great 
dill to me. And now I die. <laughs> okay. So very soon after that, the love devoted holiday begins popping up all over literature. Uh, have you heard of this guy, Shakespeare? Yes, I have. He's, Billiam, I believe is his yeah, first yeah. name. Yeah, he sends Billiam. out a, uh, he sends one up to old St. Valentine in Hamlet when Ophelia says, tomorrow is St. Valentine's Day, all in the morning betime, and I am a maid at your window to be your Valentine. Ooh, poor Ophelia. Yeah. Ugh, treated rough she is. Again, in Sir Edmund Spencer's epic poem, The Fairy Queen, that's in 1590, uh, features the line, She bathed with roses red and violets blue and all of the sweetest flowers that in the forest grew. Is that the beginning of roses are red, violets are blue? It was in the 18th century that the line first made its appearance as the most familiar ah. Valentine's Day poem of all time. Roses are red. Violets are blue. And if you see a skunk, you say P.U. No. No. The rose is red, the violet's blue. Honey is sweet, and so are you. Of course. So sweet. Yeah. Okay, so. Wait, hold on. What? I want to hear more about this. But first, a thank you note for our sponsor. A valentine for our sponsor. Ooh. First off, we want to write a valentine to Bombus. And here's the thing. I don't say this lightly. I do, in fact, love Bombus. I do, too. At this point, uh, about 50% of my socks are Bombus socks. And I also enjoy their t-shirts. Mm-hmm. They're Super soft, soft. They fit well, too. They hang right on my weird body. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great normal body. Thank you. Regular sized. I'm large. Don't say no, regular. Okay, I mean, you're I'm, right. I'm, I'm you're... burly dude. But they have a little bit of stretch and give. They do. So... Any anybody has yeah. a good body. And I also love their socks not only are comfortable, they have some fun designs on there, and they have features. And I know what you're thinking about. Socks with features, yes. You got the no seam in the toe, so it's comfortable on your toe. You got some support in the arch. Oh, I love this stuff. They've thought of every detail, my friends. And not only that, every pair of socks you purchase, Bombus donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombus customers has allowed them to donate over 40 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 plus giving partners. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's especially important right now. So give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombus.com slash schmanners. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash schmanners for 20% off your first purchase bombus.com slash schmanners schmanners is also sponsored in part this week by she's birdie so you should feel comfortable going about your daily life and if one of the things that you need to feel safe is an alarm system right maybe on your home it can be scary out there you know what i mean it can. And, and it, it doesn't matter what size you are. I'm a burly dude and I still get nervous out there sometimes, you know, but I know that it is especially rough uh, for for people who are not as burly as me. I would say women and some non-binary folks and folks that identify as women. It's scary out there. It can be. So you put an alarm system on your home, but you can also carry one around with you. Birdie is a personal safety alarm that's easy to carry and simple to use. So when you activate it, the alarm emits a loud siren and a flashing light to help 
deter whatever it is you you would like to scare off. Or whoever. Or, or whoever. Sure, sure. And bonus, it comes in fun colors. So oh, yay! Why not, right? She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash schmanners. That's she's Birdie spelled S-H-E-S. B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash schmanners for 15% off. Welcome. Thank you. No problem. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. What do you look for in a podcast? Reliability is big for me. Power. I'd say comfort. What do you think of this? That's Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? They came out of the floor? And down from the ceiling? That can't be safe. I'm upset. Can we go now? Soon. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. Okay. When last we left off, you told me where roses are red, violets are blue came from. Mm-hmm. Now what? The cards. Let's get into the cards. Yes. So in the year 1650, the first Star Wars <laughs> Valentine's debuted. It's likely the first version of these little cards were sent in the 18th century. Okay. The first ones, obviously, were probably handmade with, like, Decorated paper and romantic symbols like flowers and love knots and, you know, notes of love, romantic lines of poetry. Probably some doves in there. Hearts. And even sometimes puzzles. Oh. Right? To make your love notes a little more secret. Like a little word surge? Sure. Okay. Why not? I'm into that. Um, And at this time, you could also buy several different volumes that offered guidance on selecting appropriate words and images to effectively melt the heart of your beloved. Indeed. Um, And those first pre-printed cards began to show up in the Georgian era of Britain. Perhaps the oldest surviving card comes from 1797. It was sent by a woman named Catherine Mostay to a man in London named Mr. Brown. It's in the York Castle Museum, if you would ever care to see it. Uh, A verse printed around the edges of the card reads, Since on this ever happy day, all nature's full of love and play, yet harmless still if my design, tis but to be your valentine. Also, what did one lovesick pirate (laughs) say to another one? Are you going to be my valentine? (laughs) And like a lot of the wonderful, sometimes problematic traditions we have today, it really started popping off in the Victorian era. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by that mm-hmm. because the Victorians, uh, it, it's such a, 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 a an oxymoron, right? A, a juxtaposition, a, a catch-22 uh, because they're seen as being very stuffy, but really right. it's just repression. Mm-hmm. And so whenever there was a chance for an outlet, they took it. Exactly. So having this chance to be like, hey, today we're going to be uber romantic mm-hmm. and everyone's on board with it. Like, I, I definitely see why they like totally bought into it. Right. And by the mid 1820s, it's estimated that 200,000 Valentines were sent in just London alone. Oh, wow. 
I mean, that does sound like a lot, but that number doubled by the 1840s and doubled again in the 1860s. Oh, my Lanta. Indeed. So due to their popularity, obviously, many Victorian Valentines have survived. There is one massive collection of about 1,700 examples displayed in the Museum of London. Can I read my favorite here? Oh, please. It says, what did the corn say when it got a lovely Valentine? Hmm? Aw, shucks. (laughs) That's one BB hasn't told us yet. No, I just, well, I didn't make that up. I adapted it from a Bo Burnham joke in the special. Oh, okay. So this is also when the Valentine's card also got kind of... um, Commercialized. No, let's let's say nothing nothing gold can stay. It became standardized? Is that a word you would use? No, I, no. I, that's not where I'm going here. Okay. There was something that became known as vinegar valentines. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've heard of these. Which were purposely designed to insult your friends and, well, you know, not your friends. Yeah. Other other people. Wait, were they playful or were they actually insulting? Sometimes. Okay. Both. So here's Sometimes one. Sometimes it was like a roast. <laughs> here's an example. Okay. The card is a sketch of a woman handing a suitor a gigantic lemon. And this is what it says. Tis a lemon now I hand you and bid you now skidoo. Because I love another, there is no chance for you. Ah, zing. Yeah. Can I just say, though, if I were to receive that now, I mean, not now because we're married, but if I was still a courting and I got that, I'd be like, well, <laughs> this is pretty clear. This is right. Oh, time for me to mosey on along. No, mm-hmm. there's no ambiguity here. I'm out. So these vinegar valentines were classified as really anything that was like super rude and upsetting, all the way to like the punny ones that we we've been enjoying mm-hmm. during the show. Um, so there's there's a lot of these examples, but I would say that. This trend did seem to die out on the, you know, the heavier side, right? So all of these, the, the I hate you yeah. Who has genre, the time? yeah, did die out. Oof. and we, But we do classify these funny Valentines as vinegar Valentines because they're not as sweet as honey gotcha. like the romantic ones are. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, by the mid-19th century, uh, it came to America. What did the bee say to the unwanted suitor? Hmm? Buzz off. Uh, yeah, okay. that's a vinegar for sure. And so printing technology allowed America to put their own spin on things. And I mean, here in the U.S., people had probably been exchanging handmade valentines as early as the 1700s. But again, in eighteen around the 1840s, a woman named Esther A. Howland began selling the first mass-produced valentines. Mm. In the U.S. And they were Star Wars Valentines, right? Mm, no. No? They were made with lace and ribbons and colorful pictures and things. There was a little picture of, of Baby Yoda and it said, Yoda best. Yeah. Yoda best. Yoda best. Get it? And our patron uh, purveyor, Hallmark, yeah. for the Valentine's cards, uh, started printing them in 1913. I mean, they had only just begun in 1910, and so... What we all know and love as the Hallmark card printed Valentine was in 1913. 
Yeah. I bet it was really, really appreciated. You know, it's going to sound like I'm making a joke, but I'm not. But I bet during that time of very, very masculine repression of emotion of like the 40s to now. Sure. Um, but especially during like the 40s to the 80s. I bet that like having something like Hallmark was like really appreciated by, you know, males in that time of just like. I don't know. Like, I'm not supposed to be showing emotions. Here is some that, somebody who has done it for me. Right. Like, I have not been taught how to do this by society, and that's bad. But also, like, here is a thing to let you know I like you. Sorry. <laughs> hey, we have lots of questions. Do you want to do some questions? Sure, let's do some. Let's do some questions. I'm pulling them up <laughs> right now. Uh, I'm going to say, first, before you start, make sure that you read the cards that you you send. Don't think that just because it has a, uh, a heart on the front that it's going to be all lovey-dovey. Uh, those vinegar valentines are not, like, super bad these days, but there's there's still some problematic things that uh, that go into those. Also, don't feel like you just have to send it to romantic interests. You can send Valentines to friends, relatives, coworkers, and anybody who might want to, hey, awesome, on Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, we got lots of good questions great. about that. Great, great, uh, great. But first, I want to address this one from uh, Torque Dad. The cynic in me hates Valentine's Day. Why should I let a calendar tell me to buy flowers? The good husband in me knows better than to make a principled stand here. Other than a home-cooked meal, what are some ways to buy into the holiday without feeding greeting card companies? Well, one of the things I would say, first and foremost, and I know that this is coming, I am not a cynic. I am mm -hmm. uh, a hopeless romantic. Yes. And I would say that while I understand this sentiment, and I, I've heard it a lot about Valentine's Day being commercialized and all this stuff, I think that that is on some level true of all holidays, right? And I think sure. it, it, much like we were saying just moments ago, there are some people who still are not very good at expressing themselves mm -hmm. in this way. And so for them, having these things like, you know, the cute balloons with like messages on them, is like, okay, great. I didn't know how to say this and now I can do that. And then for others, uh, you might not feel the need to do that. You might want to create something on your own. Great. That's also good. But I would say that holidays in general are there not because it's the only day in which you do that thing, but if you think about like Thanksgiving, right? It's not like it's saying you shouldn't be thankful on every other day. It is just giving us an excuse to highlight what we should be thankful for in our lives. And That's so, very lovely. And so I think Valentine's Day is not about the giving of things unless your partner enjoys that and it is a way to express what I'm about to say. It is merely an excuse to at least once a year take stock and say, you know what, uh, much like on New Year's Day, it's a chance to take stock and think about things you want to do differently in the year. Uh, Valentine's Day is a chance to take stock and say, am I taking my partner for granted, my partners for granted in some cases? Am I taking those I love for granted? This is a good day to kind of like take a breath, reset, and make sure that I'm valuing my my loved ones in an appropriate way. To shine a, a light on your relationships. And very much so. So I would say that it is a day about 
figuring out like the things that maybe you have fallen a little uh, behind on or a little lax on that you can do. And so you say, other than a home-cooked meal, what's wrong with doing a home-cooked meal and saying like, this is for you? I think the gift of time is very important. So maybe there are things that you've been putting off doing that your partner uh, has requested or maybe just making sure that things are taken care of so that your partner can take some time for themselves. Right. Um, as as a, a, a mother of young children, that is something that... And a that, mother of dragons. Uh-huh. That I always appreciate when Travis comes and says, here, I'll take both the kids into my office and we'll play video games together. Mm-hmm. Then I can go and do things that I like to do. You time. know, time. time is perhaps the greatest gift because it's the thing that we can never give ourselves. That was uh, oh. uh, yeah, that was really deep. You hear that? Um, uh, so along those same lines, uh, Review Party Pod at Review Party Pod asks, are roses a requirement? They can feel so cliche to me. I think that you're right. I think that uh, they can feel cliche if it's not what the person wants. Sure. And uh, if you would like to give flowers instead of roses, because roses are kind of a weird thing to give people in February, right? Because they're not like... They're they're grown um, in a different hemisphere at this point in time, especially if you're in the U.S. You can give all kinds of different flowers. Some of my favorite flowers are of the yellow color. You could even make tissue paper flowers, yeah. things like that. I don't think that roses are a requirement as much as the time and the thought of I'm thinking of you here is a visual representation. Right. And I, I also think along those lines, uh, if you want to do different flowers, there's like a whole fun florist code of flowers. We've talked about yeah, this. Yeah, you can like create a bouquet, you know, and say like, hey, here's why I picked these flowers, right? And I think that that is fun. Uh, this Check question, out that episode. I think that was last Valentine's Day. Yeah, flower language. Uh, Boo Makes Things asks how to celebrate Valentine's Day with multiple partners and their partners. So while Teresa and I do not have multiple partners, I think the closest touchstone we have with this is kind of we have multiple families at this point. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, Teresa's parents. We have my dad and my stepmom. We have Justin and Griffin and, you know, Rachel and Sydney and their kids. And we have, like, all of these people, right? So on holidays, like Christmas, we want to make sure we spend time with everybody and make sure everybody feels, uh, you know, th- that they have gotten some time with us. So I would say the number one thing is scheduling, yeah. right, is is – making sure that you are openly communicating with everybody involved to say, do you have plans? Is there a time that you are hoping to do something? I would like to do something at this time. Can we do it? So that way everyone is kind of involved in the planning process, makes everybody feel uh, like they are getting the time that they want with the people they love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't know, we also set spending limits at Christmas. <laughs> I don't we know do. if that's a thing that you would think about with multiple partners so that it's not like, I get, you know, I got you this DVD. And it's like, oh, well, I bought you this new car. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's something you want to consider as well. This is from Colton, uh, who asks, what would be considered an appropriate Valentine's Day gift? My love language is gift giving, so my go-to is to treat it as another gift giving celebration, but I feel that that isn't correct. I know I'm answering a lot of these. I'm just showing off how much I've learned from being in a wonderful relationship with a wonderful partner like Teresa, who has taught me so much. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Here's the thing about love languages, Colton, that it took me a long time to understand. Your love language is the language in which you want to be spoken to. 
It is not necessarily the correct way to express yourself. So it is about learning your partner's love or your partner's love language and expressing to them in the way they want to be expressed to, if that makes sense. So while your love language might be gift giving, that means you want to receive gifts. But if you are feeling like perhaps that is not the appropriate thing to do, then I would say you want to acknowledge what the receiver's love language is and respond in that way. And it can be a gift giving uh, holiday. I'm not saying it's not, sure. But it's about what the other person wants. I love it. Uh, an appropriate, uh, historically appropriate Valentine's Day gift. Uh, we talk about flowers and candy and cuddly things. Yes. So teddy bears and things like that. Um, I would say that anything that you could cuddle would be a great Valentine's Day gift, like a, a nice blanket. Oh, yeah. I've been duvet. really into fuzzy blankets lately. Yeah, oh. we love those fuzzy blankets. Love them. Um, anything that makes your uh, SO comfortable, like mm-hmm. slippers or a nice a nice robe. Robes New are very pillow. in this they season. Okay. Indeed. Also, uh, self-care items. Mm. Again, very popular this season. Listen, get yourself. You can find them real cheap. Like foot bath buckets and some Epsom salts. Perfect. Go to town. Go to town. Pumice stones, go to town. Ah, enjoy on us. Uh, Let's see. This is from Macy. How to encourage slash support friends if they've experienced a breakup close to Valentine's Day. Uh, This, again, is give them the gift of time. Mm -hmm. Ask them, would you like to... I know uh, a lot of these hangouts are virtual, times are virtual, but, you know, you can reach out to a person, ask them if they would like to spend some time together, if they are not ready to spend time together. Again, some more of those, you know, self-care items. It's it's very nice to send someone like a, a face mask in yeah. the mail. You can also do things like, say, let's just have a virtual coffee date. We'll talk about anything other, anything that you want, your current situation or, you know, your future plans or any of that stuff. I think, again, time is really the best gift you can give someone and let them enjoy the time, their time the way they want to. Yes, I think that that is the key, right? Because, one, you can't assume that everybody goes through things the same way, Mm -hmm. right? So it may be that your friend doesn't want to talk about their heartbreak at this point or that they are not heartbroken and they just want to spend time with you. So I would say uh, avoid saying anything like, hey, I know you just got broken up with, so if you want to spend Valentine's, don't make it about that. Make it about like, hey, what are you doing on Valentine's Day? I'd love to catch up with you. Or I've been thinking about you. Right. Don't make it about because of this. Right. Make it just be because you love them. This is from Dr. Brems. Most Valentine's merchandise is romance-coded. How do I give something like this to a friend while making it clear I only have platonic feelings for them? I think that the the jokes are a great yes. way to go. Um, I mean, some of them are super groany. And uh, if you wanted to maybe make up your own inside joke card yeah. or something like that. I think that that humor is a really fun way to let people know that you're thinking about them without all of the the baggage that might be associated with the romance. Yeah, I also think uh it doesn't have to be Valentine's Day stuff, right? One, you could just like make them a card yourself. Uh but two like a thing and say, "Hey, 
I just wanted to appreciate, how, I want you to know how much I appreciate you as a friend and how much it means to me that you're in my life. And so on this Valentine's Day, I wanted to celebrate our friendship, right? I think it's also in how you deliver it. Yes, for sure. Uh, let's see. I think that's going to do it for us. I think that's going to, well, let's leave more time for appreciating those we love. <laughs> um, I love it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we want to say thank you to MaximumFun.org, our podcast home. We want to say thank you to you, the listeners, for supporting us uh, in in all things that we do, in listening to the show, in telling friends about it, in going to wherever you listen and subscribing and, I don't know, uh, reviewing. Is that still a thing people do? I, I think, think it, it is. is. We want to say thank you to the rest of the McRoy family for supporting us. If you haven't been listening to Wonderful or Sawbones, what are you waiting for? They're like our sister shows, and they're <laughs> very good. What else? Who else do we thank, Teresa? Well, we always thank Brent Bruntelfloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. We also thank Kayla and Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Uh, and you can submit your questions for our question-themed episodes at Schmanner's Cast. Um, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan run Facebook group. Saw some very active uh, posts in there the other day about Valentine's Day. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fanners, join the Schmanner's Fanners group on Facebook. Did we say thank you to Alex? We did not. Thank you, Alex. Without whom, we would not be able to make this show. Thank you so much. And that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Schmanners, Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.